0: This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to David Clark, the People's Sheriff. I'm your host, David Clark, Milwaukee County Sheriff, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I know what you're saying to yourself right now, what you're asking yourself, who is this guy? What's he about? And uh, what is this program going to be about? And there's a lot there. So I want to start our maiden voyage um, by letting you know what this program is going to be about. First of all, I want to thank Glenn Beck and I want to thank the Blaze for this tremendous opportunity that they've given me to host a radio program. It's something that I've dabbled in. I'm a fill-in host here for Talk Radio in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I've done a little bit of it, find it fun to do. I find, uh, find it fun to listen to, talk radio. And, but let's, let's get one thing straight. And this is really in, uh, uh, with respect for the people who do this for a living, people like Glenn, people like others that you have probably listened to that uh, do radio, do TV, and, and they're good at it. Uh, they're successful at it. They practice it. They work hard. I'm a cop by trade. Like I said, I'm the sheriff of Milwaukee County, career cop, and I say cop affectionately. I tell people that if you cut me, you won't find red. You'll see that I bleed blue. So uh, 37 years in law enforcement, all in the Milwaukee area, 24 years with the City of Milwaukee Police Department, and in the last 13 years have been as the elected sheriff of uh, the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office. So all of my education... Uh, my bachelor's degree is in criminal justice management. I have a master's degree from the United States Naval uh, Postgraduate School. Master's degree is in security studies, homeland security related. So you can see uh, that that my education, my training, my knowledge, my expertise, if you will, my expertise, uh, it's not in radio, it's in uh, uh, law enforcement. But, you know, I try to look at myself and... In, 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 multi-dimensional ways and so this opportunity came along and I seized it that's one of the things that my mom and dad uh, used to stress with me continually Uh, my dad used to tell me son look opportunity does not come knocking it's usually running down the street you have to chase it down you have to tackle it and then you have to hang on to it so uh, that's kind of how I approached life this opportunity came along was not going to let it go uh, but it'll be a little rough on our maiden voyage here, and we'll work out some of the uh, the bugs. I'll get better. I'll get more comfortable uh, with radio, and and it'll be a lot smoother. The sailing will be smoother as we go along. But I'm so glad that you join me here today, and you're giving this thing a chance. I want you to share this. Tell your friends. Tune in. Give me a chance. Uh, I will not let you down. Uh, the type of program that I'm going to have is one where it's going to require a lot of critical thought i i will challenge your prevailing orthodoxies if you will um gives you some things to think about because that's one of the things that i believe in this political environment we don't have enough of enough critical thought we have uh, people who are uh, subjected to propaganda to rhetoric to talking points and then they just go out and parrot those things. And, and what I like to do is, is challenge people on their positions. I, I look, I know on most of these issues that we talk about, no matter what it is uh, in our world, that there are different schools of thought. That's kind of how I approach life. Mine is just one point of view, and I want to make that clear. I'm not one of these guys who thinks I'm the smartest guy in the room. I'm not one of these guys who thinks that I know everything and that this is the best way But what I do is I I have positions, I will communicate those positions, I'll articulate those positions. And I expect them to be prodded and poked and drilled into to find weaknesses in the positions that I've taken on many of these things, but I'll do the same thing to you uh, through this program. And and just to get you to think a little bit and uh, make sure that you're strong in your position and as you can back it up. And I think that if we do that with each other, uh, you're really going to enjoy this program. So you're probably saying, you know, why? Why should I Why should I tune in? Well, I want to start a relationship. That's why. And through this program, David Clark, the People's Sheriff. And so I think the first thing that I need to do anytime, as you know, you're going to start a relationship, introduce yourself. And so that's what I'm going to do. I've told you a little bit about what I do uh, for a living and as a trade, if you will, a profession, I call it. Policing is a profession. But let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a native of the city of Milwaukee, grew up, born, raised, educated in Milwaukee, product of a two-parent household. And I I point that out because, uh, unfortunately, in the black community, that is no longer the norm. And it has had devastating effects. That's an area that we're going to talk about on this program. We're going to talk about it incessantly. We're going to talk about it continually uh, because it's one of the things that plagues the black community. And if we're ever going to get out of this uh, uh, predicament, we're going to have to be honest about some of those things and then, you know, look for a way forward. But anyway, um, probably lower middle class. You know, my dad... Uh, was a airborne ranger in the U.S. Army. He fought in Korea, had several combat jumps. He gave me my stake in America. And I'll tell you, the, the, the um, guidance, the love, the leadership uh, that I got from my father, he was very engaged, went to work every day, worked 33 years, the United States Postal Service. And uh, my mom, in her early years, stayed home, raised the kids, and then she went out. Uh, Later on, as we got a little older and uh, uh, worked in the Milwaukee public school system for a while. So we had kind of what I thought at the time. And even when I look back, you know, pretty, pretty good childhood. Pretty happy. Like I said, we didn't have a lot of money. Um, But you know what? We were a a well cared for group of kids. And the environment that we grew up in was stable, if nothing else. Uh, My mom and dad sent us to private schools, and I don't mean like exclusive uh, private schools, but Catholic schools. What uh, little money they had, they poured into the education of their kids so that we would reach our God-given potential. And that was at a time in the city of Milwaukee where K-12 public schools were thriving. They were good. They were uh, among some of the best in the world. And that's no longer the case, but I point that out. I went to a uh, private high school. Very good high school, Marquette University High School, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, one of the top high schools in the United States. And it's a college preparatory school. You can see how my mom and dad were kind of guiding me and they wanted, they knew, you know, hey, you got to do this college thing. And so I was I was very fortunate that way. Um, I do have a bachelor's degree in criminal justice management, graduated summa cum laude from concordia university here in wisconsin in criminal justice management i also hold a master's degree from the united states naval academy postgraduate school Uh, it's located in monterey california my master's degree is in security studies and it's homeland security related outstanding opportunity outstanding institution uh that was one of the hallmarks of my educational experience you know i had promised my mom at some point at one point that i'd go on and get my master's degree you know you're talking i'm talking about two people who never attended college my mom and dad didn't go to college so for them to see their kid to several of their kids go on and and attain master's degree had to be a proud moment for them And so i made that vow to my mom that i would go out one day and after i finished my bachelor's degree and i get that master's degree and so i fulfilled a a promise to her i got into policing like i said at the age of 21 minimum age in the state of wisconsin uh, city milwaukee police department and boy what a career i'm going to get into a little of that on the other side of this break we have to take a break right now thanks for tuning in this is david clark your host the david clark the people sheriff program thank you for joining david clark the people sheriff on the blaze radio network
0: chris salcedo When you live by the sword, you die by the sword. All your class warfare, once you reach the top of the heap, oh, guess what? You made a living out of demonizing success and people working hard and building up wealth. Now that Mrs. Clinton has some, oh, she makes an obscene. Bill makes an obscene amount of money. Obscene. Some would say immoral. Chris Salcedo, Saturdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: David Clark the People's Sheriff welcome back to the program thanks for tuning in today you're listening to David Clark the People's Sheriff I'm your host David Clark Sheriff of Milwaukee County Milwaukee Wisconsin and when we left at the break uh, I was talking about my time with the City of Milwaukee Police Department when I first got into policing and at the tender age of 21 had a lot of good experiences. Uniform patrol. Uh, Let me tell you, it's it's been quite a career to have been allowed this opportunity to serve my community. It's my hometown, as I indicated. Uh, I've always felt that it is a privilege to work for the government. It's not a right. And the fact that I could do it in this all-important role of uh, public safety officer, peace officer, police officer, cop, Boy, I'll tell you what, what an opportunity. I've gotten a very bird's eye view, a very unique view of the world, um, up close and personal, front row seat, if you will. And uh, I've loved it. I'll tell you, there have been ups and downs in my career, no doubt about that. Uh, Times when I wondered why I got into this thing, and I never really thought of getting out. After the first couple years, maybe, and then it's time went on and I got used to it and I got comfortable with it and I adjusted to this new role this important role we have you know what cops do matters in our communities I think you know that and uh, many of you appreciate what they do on a daily basis so I was in uniform patrol and uh, started out on the uh, graveyard shift they call it third shift Uh, walked a beat a lot by myself I say by myself uh, because uh, when you're you know new to the streets and uh you're by yourself it's going to take time if you need help so you have to do a lot of thinking you have to do a lot of planning if you're going to go make a stop uh if you're going to go jack up some individuals and start asking some questions and doing some interviews uh, but anyway what i always wanted to be uh, once i got into policing was a an investigator i wanted to be a detective so i started to prepare myself that way and Uh, The detective's exam came up. It's a promotional exam. I studied for that. I studied hard because I really wanted it and took that exam and did well. So I got promoted to detective after 11 years. And I worked a lot of different assignments in the detective bureau. I worked uh, property crimes. I worked violent crimes. I worked uh, some robberies. And then I worked homicide and really liked that. Well, I'll tell you what uh, what experiences I had working homicides, putting cases together, bringing those people to justice who had taken somebody else's life uh, by unlawful means. I've had to make death notifications. I worked with a group, uh, survivors of homicide, for people who were st- survivors who are still struggling with uh, their loved ones having been killed. And some of these were individuals whose cases hadn't been solved. And so they're left with that, uh, the fact that they don't have closure in their life. So, you know, I really got to uh, meet a lot of people and really got to get into the emotional aspect of what homicide does to people. Then as I uh, was in the detective bureau for about three years, decided that I wanted to get into management. Management is a lot different, as you know, than, than uh, working cases and uh, doing investigating. Now you're taking on responsibility for people, leading, organizing people, and uh, helping them through. So I, again, had to go back to the books and study and prepare for that uh, promotional exam, mid-level management, it's a lieutenant's position, and I took that exam and did well, uh, finished second on the list, and got promoted and i'm in the management boy i'll tell you (laughs) when you are responsible for people your world changes Uh, especially in something like policing so i got uh, another number of opportunities working managing people leading people if you will as a middle manager and really enjoyed that time and then i got promoted to captain that's a command level position now at that time the captain captain's position was at the pleasure of the chief in other words the chief could pick anybody they want uh, to be a command officer one of his or her command officers and I was chosen I became a command officer stayed in the detective bureau initially and uh, worked I was the commander of the crimes against property division that would be like burglary auto theft arson things like that and then decided that at that point that I wanted to lead a law enforcement agency. So you can kind of see this, this stair step progression of my career. And I, would I always had a plan, you know, I always knew where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. And then I would sit down and say, okay, what do you have to do to get there? That's what I would ask myself. And so I'd start mapping this out literally and start writing it down. And so I started to prepare a, uh, a manual. It was change in a law enforcement organization. Because my goal was to take an organization that, lead it, that needed change, organizational change, instead of one that was running well and uh, it's more, more, or less, more or less you're a caretaker because things are going well. But I wanted an organization that was all screwed up and to get in there and strip this thing down and, and rebuild it. So I put together this manual, uh, Change in a Law Enforcement Agency. And i started building upon that thing every once in a while i'd add some more to it and add some more to it and then this opportunity came up there uses that word again opportunity there was an upheaval in county government milwaukee county government was a pension scandal and it cost several county supervisors their seats they were recalled the county executive was recalled and the sheriff at the time Retired early to take advantage of the pension backdrop where people were leaving with hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars upon retirement and a lump sum payment in addition to their yearly um, retirement or pension. And I'll tell you what, it just it, it, it turned Milwaukee County upside down. So anyway, there was a vacancy in the office of the sheriff. And I thought, here we go. Here's an opportunity. I never thought about leading an organization or a law enforcement organization from an elected position, which the sheriff is, I thought it'd compete more for appointed chief's positions. But nevertheless, I had a plan and I was prepared. And this opportunity came and going back when when my dad had told me, you know, opportunity is usually running down the street. You have to chase it down and tackle it and then seize upon that opportunity. So I applied for the opening. Uh, the, the governor, then Governor uh, Scott McCallum was going to appoint someone to fill out the unexpired term of sheriff and uh, by state law, there cannot be a vacancy, but there were only five months left in the term. But I thought this might be a good dress rehearsal for me to get into one of these uh, situations and have to be ready and sit in front of panels and answer questions and perform and compete because that's what I was, have always been about uh, wanting to compete for things in life that were available. So I got my interview and, uh, got some follow-up interviews, and I presented this this document that I had. It wasn't a document. It was a bound uh, manual for organizational change. And so when I went in, uh, the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office was in a lot of trouble, and it was in need of organizational change. And that's what the governor was looking for. And so I was already prepared to uh, create change and manage that change in a struggling organization because I had a written plan uh to get us there so uh got promoted or not but not promoted i was picked by the governor to become the uh, sheriff of milwaukee county the 64th sheriff of milwaukee county but like i said there were only five months left in the term and then i would have to seek election boy was that a uh, an eye-opening experience you know as a cop who uh tried to keep law enforcement and politics separate and what we'll do is on the other side of the break, we got to take another break. I'll get into the uh, my first election. And after that, we'll get into some of the topics that I want to talk about and a little bit more about the program. So again, this is David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Thanks for tuning in. Stay with us.
0: The Blaze Radio Network, on demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Find more on demand at TheBlaze.com slash radio. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka.
1: My dad, who's thankfully still with us, taught all of his nine kids that after the first, and he meant the First Amendment. Everything else is second. So I support Pamela Geller's right to say what she says.
0: Pure Opelka, Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to David Clark, the People's Sheriff.
1: Welcome back to the program. Thanks for tuning in. This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff. I am your host, David Clark, Milwaukee County Sheriff, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Before we went to the break, Uh, We left off where I had been selected to fill out out the unexpired term as sheriff of Milwaukee County by Governor Scott McCallum, a Republican governor uh, in the state of Wisconsin at the time. And what I'm trying to do here is kind of trying to set the stage. I think it's important when you're introducing yourself to people to tell a story and and, and give them an idea of how you got to where you're at. Uh, I'm new and so there are probably a lot of questions who is this guy and why does he think the way he does why does he say some of the things that he does so I'm trying to take you through a journey of my life and my career in law enforcement and when I got selected to uh, fill out the unexpired term as sheriff of Milwaukee County I didn't know anybody in politics it was not politically active other than you know, participating in the political process through voting but I never worked on campaigns and uh, didn't really associate with a lot of uh, office holders and so I was a newcomer and uh, I remember my first foray into elected politics I'm trying to introduce myself to uh, the county I had no name recognition I had no money didn't know anything about a campaign and I had was gonna be on the ballot in about five months four or five months so I had to move fast But I had done some things along the way to at least connect with people when I was the captain of the uh, downtown district with the Milwaukee Police Department. I got to know the business community. So I started reaching out to those individuals and was able to put together a a campaign staff of some people who kind of knew about this process, this uh, elected office process. And I remember being at a fundraiser for another uh, individual at the time. uh, Decided to run as a Democrat. Milwaukee's a very uh, Democrat town, city, area, if you will. And, you know, I, like I said, I, I don't belong to a political party to this day. Probably never will. Uh, but I ran as a Democrat. It's, uh, Sheriff's a partisan race in the state of Wisconsin. And decided to run as a Democrat. You know, my mom and dad were Democrats, but they were Truman Democrats. They were. Uh, Jack Kennedy Democrats, they were Bobby Kennedy Democrats. They were not, never have been Nancy Pelosi Democrats, Harry Reid uh, Democrats, that far left wing. Well, they believed in some solid principles. And, uh, you know, we never talked about politics a lot in the House, but uh, made the decision I'd run as a Democrat. And I remember being at this fundraiser, and this uh, state representative person in the state legislature came up, shoves his card in my face and says, here, fill this out and send in your $20. And I looked down at it and I said, well, what is that? She said, uh, you have to join the party, the, de- the Democrat Party of uh, Wisconsin. You're running as a Democrat. And I said, well, what do I get for that? And what do I get for joining the party? And she says, it doesn't matter. Just fill it out and send your $20 in. And I was taken aback by that. You know, with my upbringing, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I I don't march lock step with anybody, with any movement. I'll make my own decisions. And I want you to explain. I didn't say this to her, but I'm thinking, what what is this all about? <laughs> you know, this 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 abject servility. I thought, no, 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 no. I'm saying this to myself. No, I'm thinking, you don't know David Clark. David Clark is his own man. He makes his own decisions. He makes those decisions independently of anybody and anything else. And so I decided, no, I'm not joining any party that's going to treat me like this. And that started this whole uproar. Uh, He's running as a Democrat, uh, but he won't join the party. And I thought, well, nobody's giving me a reason to join the party. So my first election uh, was a tough one. Didn't have a lot of name recognition. Raised a decent amount of money for a first time. Uh, office holder and i had some very experienced people behind me and uh, we won a tight one 53 to 47 53 percent 47 so i was now the elected sheriff of milwaukee county and i've been re-elected three times the last time this past november primary in august the primary race has always been the tough one for me because that's where the democrats come at me there's still um trying to cut my tires, um, you know, I won't walk lockstep, uh, I won't help promote the platform, all this nonsense that goes on within the uh, the Democrat Party and their platform, and uh, I just won't have anything to do with it. Look, this is a free country, all right? The First Amendment allows me freedom of association. I'll associate with whoever I want to, and if I want to run as a Democrat, gosh darn it, I will run as a Democrat. And, and if uh, people don't like it, well, you can try to knock me out in the primary, which they have not been able to do. But this last election, uh, this past summer, uh, last fall, what was that a uh, an experience? You know, we're talking about a sheriff's race. We're not talking about state legislature. We're not talking about Congress. We're not talking about governor. We're not even talking about mayor of a major metropolitan area. We're talking about a sheriff. And I'm not saying the sheriff is, is is small potatoes. It's not. But in Milwaukee County, nobody's really gotten too actively involved, even from the party perspective, the partisan nature as to uh, the sheriff. The Dems have always controlled the sheriff here. Matter of fact, we have not had a Republican sheriff in Milwaukee County in 58 years. So that lets you know the stranglehold that they have on uh, that the Democrats have on office holders here. This has been a battle back and forth with this party here in Wisconsin. You know, here's this black guy. Uh you'd like to think that they look and say, Hey, look, this guy's pretty good role model for um the the, 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 the kids in the urban environment here in Milwaukee and yeah, you know, he's he uh he's off the reservation uh for now. But you know what, he's a pretty good role model, he's a pretty good cop, uh, believes in um you know, this thing called public safety and uh, he's worked hard at it. He's educated, you know, now let's just leave him alone. Nope, 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 nope. That's not how uh, partisan politics works anywhere. I'm not going to say that that's the sole province of the uh, the Democrat Party. I'm just trying to give you my experience and my history with them here in the Milwaukee area and here in the state of Wisconsin. So uh, they always try to take me out in the primary and I haven't been able to do so with this last one. Uh, like I said, last fall. This was a battle royal. They felt, we gotta take this guy out now or we're going to have big problems down the road. And I don't know what that down the road meant to them, but I'd take life one day at a time. So they put an unprecedented amount of money into defeating me. The last report I saw, three quarters of a million dollars. and you might say to yourself, well, for elected office, you know, that's not that much, it is for a sheriff's race. Look around in your own area and, and look and see how much your sheriffs are raising to run for a sheriff's race. Michael Bloomberg got involved in my race. He wrote a, uh, a check to an independent expenditure for $150,000 to try to take me out because of my pro-gun stance. Uh, the county executive, who is a wealthy individual here, Chris Abley, independently wealthy, he's a trust fund baby, but it's neither here nor there. His family made that money. That's fine. He wrote a check, a personal check for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to try to take me out in this last election so that right there we're up to four hundred thousand and then the greater Wisconsin uh, committee a left-leaning political hack group uh, came up with another four hundred thousand dollars or three hundred and fifty thousand dollars somewhere in there so I'm looking at three quarters of a million dollar a million dollars staring at me and i had only raised about 175 hundred eighty thousand dollars. which for sheriff's race here i was raising in all all of my elections uh around that much and and that had never previously been done so you can see what i was up against and these folks ran ads against me uh leading up to the election and well, I'll tell you, it was just an experience that, uh, I'll tell you what, it, it made me a stronger person, but at the same time, uh, it let me know that I was I was at the uh, high rollers table now in terms of politics. We have to take another break. When we come back, I'll finish up the you know my experience as uh, the elected sheriff of Milwaukee County, and then we'll talk about uh, what else we're going to deal with with the rest of the program. So again, thanks for tuning in. This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff. I'm your host, and we'll talk to you on the other side.
0: This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Matt Walsh: We have a lot of freedom and a lot of maneuverability as human beings because we have free will. But we do not get to decide our own sex or species. Our will is free, but it isn't perfect and it isn't all-powerful. Calling Bruce Jenner a woman is an insult to women. He's nothing more than an elaborate part digital, part silicone caricature of femininity. Matt Walsh: Available on demand anytime at theblaze.com/radio. The Blaze Radio Network On Demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Welcome back to the final segment of the program. You're listening to David Clark, the People's Sheriff. I am your host, David Clark, Sheriff of Milwaukee County, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Before we went to the break, I was talking about this um, most recent election last fall where the uh, the left, the Democrats, uh, came hard in the primary run as a Democrat. But, uh, I don't walk lockstep with them. And, uh, so they see me as a threat. I, I, I you know, let's, let's not, I'm not going to kid you. I, I know why they see me as a threat. My profile is growing, becoming a voice, uh, many of these issues, uh, that the country is facing issues of race, issues of policing, issues of, uh, use of force, uh, politics, those sorts of things. And, uh, because my voice is resonating they don't like it that's the reason why they come at me the way they do and that's fine that's our political process i don't have a problem with that Um, i don't get in too much to the partisan nature of things conservative republican to be real honest with you uh i think both parties are the problem i believe that uh in washington anyway Republicans and Democrats are the ruling class. Uh, we're just subjects in this thing. And um, I think that, like I said, I think that is, is a big part of the problem. I'm a conservative through and through. And here's what that means to me, because you hear that a lot. You hear people, I'm a conservative. And, 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 and whenever I hear somebody say that, the first thing I say is, well, what does that mean to you? Because. Being a conservative could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And again, I'm trying to just let you know a little bit about me, uh, where I'm coming from, how I've arrived at many of the positions that I'm at that we're going to talk about as time goes on. And here's what it means to me to be a conservative. And that doesn't mean this is that, that, that these tenets that I subscribe to are the only... Uh, uh, the purest way to be a conservative. I'm just here to tell you what it means to be uh, conservative to me. First and foremost, I believe in limited government. How do we limit government? Lower taxes. Because that's the only way you can keep the federal bureaucracy in check is by giving them less and less of your money. I believe in military superiority. Abroad, and I believe in safe streets here at home. I mean, that's what I've been doing for the last 37 years, serving my uh, community, putting on this uniform every day, of which I'm proud to do. I believe that the Constitution protects individuals and not groups. In other words, you don't derive your constitutional freedoms and liberty from membership in some group. These are individual rights. I also believe in more rights for the states. Uh, that's important That's important to me. I'm pro-Second Amendment. Uh, it's gotten me in trouble with the left. And uh, as well, I'm a, a member of the NRA. I'm an endowment member of the uh, NRA. I, 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 I do a lot of reading. And, you know, that's kind of, in a nutshell, uh, who David Clark is. And, and I know I spend a lot of time on it, but I think it's important uh, when you're going to introduce yourself to a new group of people and in this case a new group of listeners and uh you know as time goes on we'll we'll get into some of these things in a little more uh, you know expand on them a little more some of these concepts that i've talked about you know what it means to be a conservative limited government the role of police in society race and and and, and some of those things uh i was awarded constitutional Sheriff of the Year by the uh, constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Organization in twenty thirteen I'm very proud of that uh, that Constitution means everything to me that's what I protect on a daily basis. Your constitutional rights uh those aren't handed down by government, but I stand as that firewall to make sure uh, that your rights uh, stay with you and that uh, that they are protected. you know I take an oath every time i'm I'm elected and I'm sworn in. I I put my hand, left hand on the Bible. I'm one of those, I'm old school by the way. That's another thing you're gonna find about me. I'm old school, I'm a traditionalist. When I take the oath of office for sheriff, I use the Bible, I use the family Bible. We keep here in the home, my wife and I, I put my hand on that Bible, she holds it, I raise my right hand and I take that oath and part of that oath says I will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of Wisconsin. Ladies and gentlemen, when I say something, I mean it. When I say something, you could take it to the bank. Those aren't just words to me like they are to a lot of other people in elected office. You know, they take the oath and then all of a sudden those are just words and they forget about it. They don't live up to that oath. But I do every day. I uh, eat, breathe, drink, sleep, freedom. The United States of America, I love this country. Uh, even with all its flaws, uh, it's still the greatest country on the face of the earth as as I, as I uh, look at it, in my view. And the reason it is because it offers me the best opportunity, the best opportunity to reach my God-given potential. We are second to none when it comes to that. Look, I know this country has uh, a lot of flaws. All right. I know what s- slavery and and. and and discrimination uh, you know, left a stain on the soul of this country. There's no doubt about that. When my father fought in the army, it was a segregated army. So here he is defending freedom, defending his country in a segregated army. But my dad knew that this country one day, as Dr. Martin Luther King said, would live up to the true meaning of its creed and that his kids would do better and live in a better world and a better society than he did. And, uh, you know, (laughs) he's right. He's right. So, you know, we didn't grow up, and I didn't grow up with a chip on my shoulder about race. I kind of let that baggage go uh, a long time ago. And, And I forgave America for the past sins of slavery. And the reason I did is because the God that I pray to every day hung on a cross, and before he breathed his last, looked up to the heavens and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And if the God that I pray to every day set that example for me as he hung on the cross, why shouldn't I? And that's why I forgave. I didn't say forget, and that's important. We shouldn't forget. But I forgave this country for the past sins of slavery because I knew that if I was going to go on and participate in the mainstream and take advantage of all that this great country has to offer, I knew I was going to have to let go of that emotional baggage because that emotional baggage is crippling where you live every day and everything that you look at, every experience you come across in life, you look through the lens of race and the prism of race and you you, you see that boogeyman of racism lurking around every corner. He's sleeping under the bed at night. You wake up in cold sweats and every time... Somebody says something to you. You look at it through the lens of race and you try to find some racial angle to it. That's that emotional baggage that you, 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 you're, you have to let go if you're going to fully participate. Because every time something happens to you along the way, you know, you're going to uh, that thing's going to come up and it's going to impede your progress to participate in this great experiment called uh, liberty and freedom self rule here in the united states and i was in a grocery store this afternoon and a, a elderly uh, white gentleman stopped me and he asked me a question about some of the labeling on a package of ground chuck and it's simply uh, he said uh you know what's the difference in an accent so he didn't really know any. what's the difference between ground chuck and ground beef and i just said well the ground beef has a little more a little higher fat content he didn't stop me because he thought i was the clerk or that i was the stock boy in the store. But see, that's an example of when you view everything through the prism of race. The first thing you're going to do, and we've heard Michelle Obama and Barack talk about it, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to be insulted and, and and start to scream, hey, uh, uh, he must think that I'm the stock boy here. Ladies and gentlemen, we're out of time. Uh, it's been a pleasure. We'll be back again. Uh, I've enjoyed it. It's our maiden voyage. We're back into port. <laughs> we made it safely. Uh, this is David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Enjoy your week, and God bless you.
0: You're listening to David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network.